All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuckineers? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. What's happening today is I have Gary Clark Jr. on the show today, a guitar player. And you know me and guitar players, and you know me and guitar. So uh, we talk some guitar. That's going to happen for you shortly. And uh, I have some new tour dates to announce. Some stateside club dates as I plow through the new hour or so of material. April 18th through 20th at the American Comedy Company in San Diego. May 16th through 18th at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. May 23rd through 25th at the Comedy Club on State in Madison, Wisconsin. June 6th through 8th at Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont. And June 13th through 15th at Helium Comedy Club in Richmond Heights, Missouri, right outside St. Louis. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for ticket info. Also, the UK dates are there. The Colorado dates are there. So it's shaping up. It's shaping up to be a a real tour with a mixture of small theaters, medium-sized theaters, and comedy clubs. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get out there into the country. And I'm going to do the thing. And I'm going to eat some food in different places. But not like I used to eat. Man, I think I've only been to St. Louis once. Is that possible? We I rapped on Glow. I don't know if I told you. I don't think I could have on Monday because I, I rapped on Monday morning. I shot my last scene for this season of Glow, season three. It went great. And it was sad and exciting. And they're, they're all still shooting. But maybe on Friday I'll go uh, when everybody else raps and hang out and eat the ice cream that I'm going to, you know, contribute to for a truck, for the crew. I don't know if you know that about uh, most uh, TV shoots. I don't know about film shoots so much. But uh, at the end of each episode, usually the director uh, and uh, will throw for some sort of uh, gift type of uh, truck to come. And the last day, I guess, uh, me and the girls, me and the gals are going to chip in and get an ice cream truck. So if there's any people on the crew listening to this, and I just spoiled that for you Friday, don't look at it as being as it being spoiled. Look at it as, hey, we're going to get ice cream on Friday. Yes, that's it. Anyway, hooli, hooli booly. Ha. I got a guitar player coming in. He's not going to play guitar, sadly. Didn't, he didn't bring one. I got I got some here, but uh, sadly I did not ask him. <laughs> I don't know why. It sometimes it's a little tricky to uh, to record here. But uh, we did get we did get off on a, a, a talk. I want to make sure I have this to reference you. Hear that? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute because uh, I just had to find it on my phone. It's interesting. You know, Gary Clark Jr., I first saw, where did I first see him? I know that I saw him open for the Rolling Stones in San Diego when I was with Dean. I believe I saw him. I know I saw him open for Derek Trucks when I went to see them at the Universal Amphitheater. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, but I didn't remember to ask him about it, I think he was with Clapton and Jimmy Vaughn over there at uh, the forum when Clapton was there when I went to that when Jimmy played over here and I didn't even ask him about that we did talk a bit about him you know working with Clapton and Keith Richards and other people but you know we got off on the guitar thing he smoked a little weed before and we kind of just drifted in it's so funny when people ask me if they can smoke weed 
I, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And uh, they're like, no, I'm not going to do it in here. He said, yeah, I'm not going to do it outside. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. There's a, <laughs> you know, at almost 20 years sober, if I'm around it, man, I did, you know, I'm not doing it, but maybe I can get a little something, something, right? Huh? 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 Didn't work out that way. Thank God. Cause I don't need to live with that burden of a contact buzz. And how much was I part of that? How much should I encourage that? Shouldn't the answer be like, no, man, you know, I'm sober. It'd be really helpful if you just do it outside as opposed to like, wherever you want, man. Come on, do it right here. Blow it in my face like I'm a kitten. Hmm. I should wrap this up pretty quickly here because I do have to go. I got to take fucking Buster back to the vet for the follow-up. You know, he's like, he's acting full on, man. Full on crazy. Just, uh, you know, full on Buster. Back to his old self. But yeah, I think I should go get those blood levels checked. Probably should get my own blood levels checked. Can I do that at the vet? Would that be weird? You know, you're going to take busters. Can you just take a little vial of mine and run it through the machine, see where I'm at? See if I have feline leukemia or uh, FIV or, uh, you know, perhaps some other strange feline disease. Or should I go to my regular doctor? I probably should. So heading into this conversation with Gary Clark Jr., like I had to like get in it, get into the Gary Clark um, catalog, the new album, this uh, this land, I believe it's called. Am I right? Yes, uh, that that's out now. But he's got a few other records out, and he he got pretty big for for a couple big live records, and and that was the interesting thing. That was some. There's a couple interesting things about this conversation. Is that there are guys that I respect that have a tremendous respect for Gary. So it was great to uh, to sort of like enter the catalog and and know that uh, that people that I I I respect are you know coming to him with a with a with a, a reverence, and you know he can certainly fucking play guitar, and and sing. But this album is, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a mixed bag of, of kind of blues, ballads, little R&B, some hip hop element to it. Uh, and that's sort of where he's at. But what was interesting about the conversation with him was that, you know, he was being poised to be the next guitar guy, you know, the guitar god guy. And, you know, he had to reckon with that. And I thought that was interesting. And I also thought it was interesting. He started in Austin, you know, under the... Uh, the tutelage to some degree of Jimmy Vaughn, uh, Stevie Ray's brother, who I've talked to, who's one of my favorite guitar players. So, you know, we're coming, we're coming in hot with some guitar talk. But, uh, but right out of the gate, I referenced pretty quickly that that little piece of what I just played you is something that uh, Matt Sweeney, the guitar player who's been on the show, turned me on to. And he just sent me, you know, when people send you a video link, it's, and you can find it yourself. Yeah, even if you're not a guitar player, you'll, you'll fucking be like, what the fuck? The YouTube video is Magic Sam, Magic Sam's Boogie 1969. This is Magic Sam. He's not even playing his own guitar and he's laying out this riff. And Sweeney sent it to me. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Sweeney said he was going to figure it out. So for some reason, that was in my head because I listened to a Gary Clark Jr. live record and I heard a, a song on there, one of his songs, and it had like sort of the the skeleton of that riff. And then it, like, it struck me like, oh, fuck, man. Because I tried to figure that out, but it's above my, it's out of my wheelhouse unless I spent like, maybe I could spend the rest of my life trying to figure it out. I'm sure there are guitar players who'd be like, no problem, listen. But, you know, it's a tricky groove. But I felt like when I was listening to Gary's thing, I can't remember what song it was on the live album. 
And uh, I was like, oh no, he tried to figure that thing out. And that, that's the residue of it in this song. So when we start talking about this thing at the beginning of this conversation, that's what we're talking about. I just wanted you guys to be in the loop on that because there's a giddiness to it, to the moment of us both know yeah, of him knowing immediately what I was talking about as if like, you know, we had talked about it before. It was just, it was, it was a pretty beautiful moment and he was a little buzzed. So it must've been an even better moment for him. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you guys, maybe someday things will be okay again, but until then we do have music. We do have, uh, maybe a little time to turn back or at least stop the uh, slow frying and of this planet. But are we going to be able to stop the bugs? You know, the bugs are going to win, the little ones, the bugs without functioning bodies, just renegade strands of DNA, the viral bugs, the bacteria bugs, the ugly bugs that eat the pretty bugs. Man, is this turned into a downer? God damn it. God damn it. So now that I've, I've laid it out and uh, you know, you know exactly what you know, I'm referring to when me and Gary get off on this, it's Magic Sam, Magic Sam's Boogie, 1969. You can watch it on YouTube. Oh, it fucking gets me off. So Gary's new uh, album is called This Land. It's available now wherever you get your music. It's a great album. People love it. And this is me. Oh, I got I got to stop it. I'm going to watch it. This is me talking to Gary Clark Jr. I like to smoke herb. Yeah, you can. Wait, you want to smoke in here? No, yeah. I don't smoke in here. I don't want to smoke you out. But is it cool if I step out for a second? Go right now? Yeah. Before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure with that? Are you cool? Yeah, I'm cool. Awesome. I've had people who need to smoke in, in, in the garage. Nah, man. I don't, I, have. Want, I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't mind it. I, I quit a long time ago, but, uh, you know, it's nice to get a freebie occasionally. <laughs> get that second. <laughs> yeah. Deep breath. Yeah. Kevin Smith was in, in the old garage. I, I could barely breathe. Yeah. So, wait. So, now, what? When I, when I pointed out the gold top with the P90s and I said, that's the best guitar, your first response was, really? Like, what? Like you've played that guitar. I have. And what 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 is your feeling about it? I think it's a great guitar, but I'm tall and it comes with back problems. Oh, this thing, oh really? Thing's heavy. I I think like I don't know. This is a reissue of a '56, and it don't feel as heavy. Is that is that a heavy one? It's not, right? No, actually. Right. Some of those West Pauls are heavy as fuck. Yeah. Like a custom. Yeah. Is heavy. I got to play uh, Hubert Sumlin's. Oh really? He played a, a what did he top. play? A gold, gold top. top. Oh yeah, really? It was solid man. Oh my yeah, god. It was solid. Now, do you, do you, I think somebody, I don't know if I, if I, you know, saw it correctly or he really said it, that Jason Isbell said that maybe old guitars aren't necessarily all they're racked up to be, but some of them are, huh? Some of them are. I've picked up a couple of old ones and they're just, you know, planks of wood. Yeah. But did someone fuck with it? I mean, was there, did he play, like, was there something different about his other than it being his? I don't think so. I think it was just right how it was, man. <laughs> but those things, those P90s, they just break up. Like, like, it, like it's weird. If you crank them up 
with no effects at all. They just the notes just like yeah, yeah. They'll just come unglued it's at like the a end. Weird gnarly, yeah, fucked up sounding thing. Is I love it. Man. <laughs> a little small amp too, yeah. like a, a little small Fender like that, like that one. Perfect. That thing's crazy. That Perfect. does this, like you saw my stereo, and this is the other thing I spent money on is this fucking amp. <laughs> <laughs> like because you can't find those for cheap unless nah. you're lucky maybe in texas yeah you might find one you know dumb old person who's got one in their basement mm-hmm. from their kid who had it in the 60s who passed away in nam or something right. but i think they're probably running out too yeah i go look i'm not gonna lie i was gonna not tell anybody yeah you know but yeah i always try and go look for something see if somebody's oh really you know, caught you, slipping you know have you found some Nah. Never? Nah. There's so many guitar players in, in, all, in, in Texas. Texas so I'm just, you know, we all think we got like this secret. We're <laughs> like running around. Got nothing. But I didn't know anything about this other than like, um, I don't know. Like it, it, the, someone said the best thing, and I repeat this all the time, someone t- about that particular amp. But so I think that's like a 57 Deluxe mm-hmm. or a 58. Uh, they said, um, it's a one trick pony, but it's a good trick. It's a great trick. <laughs> Only, what what are you playing me. through? I'm playing through Fender Vibro Kings. Old ones? No. No, I'm playing through new ones. I mean, we run around so much on tour that yeah. that you know, the old gear classic stuff, I just got to keep it at the house, you know. Oh, really? You're afraid? Up. Yeah, well, you know, just just recently yeah. shipping guitars and stuff, you know, open a case and yeah. the headstock and oh. know, the neck is snapped. Snapped, you know. That happened? It's, yeah, it's happened a few times. With, with what? Like SGs? Yeah, I had a strat. A strat neck broke? Yeah. How the fuck did that happen? TSA. Really? <sighs> Throwing uh, my shit. So, like, when you open that case up, has it already snapped and it's just a mess? And yeah. Just, uh, Strings so, all. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, It's so sad, yeah, man. It is. I was trying to think of a riff that, like, because I listened to, uh, I, think, I think it was a, it's somebody's boogie. <laughs> and I. Sam's boogie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Sam? Yeah. Killing on right. Earl King's guitar. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, with like the, the flowers. F- yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love showing people that video. who have never seen it before. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know. Have you figured it out? No. Because you, you, on the live record, you do one that's a little close to that groove, right? I do, I do one that's close, but that's because I couldn't figure out the other one. Right, so I was like, I'll just settle. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. I'm like, yeah. like, I was listening to it. I'm like, he's almost got it. And I know like <laughs> You called me out. <laughs> just like, because I'm like, it's so close. But I wasn't mad at you about it. I my. <laughs> My thought was like, if he can't figure it out, I'm not even gonna waste my time trying to figure. <laughs> if that's as close as he's gonna get, oh, oh. yeah, I gave up. Man, I detoured to the left. But you know, like I, I, I can't. Like I'm not great at figuring things out, and that's a great thing about the blues is like sort of you, you get the idea and you run with the idea. I got the idea, and yeah, now I, got... I just own it, mm-hmm. right? Interpretation. <laughs> so. Austin, that's where you come from. Austin, Texas, born and raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, like, like, uh, like, what part of town? Where, who? What did your dad do? <laughs> <laughs> what part of town? Kind of southwest. Yeah, like on the edge of the city in the country. Yeah, a spot called Oak Hill. Uh huh. Um, you got brothers and sisters. I grew up with uh, four sisters, 
Four sisters. Yeah, I got four sisters. Out on and the- And I'm right in the middle. Yeah, on the edge of town. On the edge of town. Um, what was your family's business? My mom uh, is an accountant, so she yeah. works. She was an accountant for like uh, Capital Metro, which is yeah. public transport. Yeah. Um, uh, board and milk, so we used to get like chocolate milk from time to time. She would bring it home, and it was like the best day ever. <laughs> and my dad sold anything and everything from uh, shoes to cars to clothes to sales guy houses. Yeah, know, anything, a hustler. Anything to keep the lights on. Yeah. 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 Are they still around? Yeah. Oh, that's good. They're still around. They follow me everywhere. Do they? Yeah, man, it's cute. Do they? Do you? Do you at least fly them? Oh uh, no, <laughs> they just come. They just come. <laughs> you get know? in the car and come. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's pretty good. When did you start playing? Nineteen ninety six. Uh, out of nowhere. How old were you? I was twelve. So, yeah. So not out of nowhere. A friend of mine down the street. She had a band. Yeah. Her name's Eve Monse and. She uh, she had a black Fender Strat and uh, uh, oh, yeah. a Fender uh, twin with the red knobs. Yeah, you seen those things? Yeah, I have. And it was just loud as fuck. And yeah, so, that's a later one. It's not like a new one, right? Yeah, like an eighties or something. Did it have the the pop out? Yeah, volume uh, drive. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. <laughs> and so it was. Uh, they they um, she had a band. It was all girl band. Bunch of cute girls playing yeah. in the garage. They had basketball courts. Punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. And um and her dad would fix video games and he had a bunch of like arcades, so we would just go hang out. That was a place that was the coolest place to be. <laughs> Sounds like the best place to be. There's a guitars, amps, and video games. Exactly. So <laughs> so I just you know, I started getting interested in the guitar. So about a year later, I ended up just kinda breaking my folks down and they got me one. Yeah. But so when you were just like looking at it and getting into it and watching people play it. It just appealed to you. Did you just did you try to pick it up before you? Yeah, I tried to pick it up. My dad had some guitars in the house, and I was always yeah. curious. Actually, my, my first introduction to guitar was seeing Tito Jackson play. Really? Yeah, like uh, seeing you know young kids, you know, look like me. Yeah, you know, in a band. And he can gr- kind of play too, right? Yeah, he's like a blues. Yeah, that, right. I remember later when he did solo stuff, it was sort of like shit. Like mm-hmm. he can, yeah, he played. Yeah, they did this. Uh, I got this tape. They did this uh, cover of. Uh, Isaac Hayes walk on by yeah and he's playing like the fuzz wah wah parts yeah yeah and I was like what does that sound you know and I was like I need to I need that <laughs> the fuzz wah wah sound it got me I was, I was <laughs> it was over you know? and you were like 10 uh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's so funny nine. that like that one sound that makes that that that's the magic thing. Like that, like you know, like it, and it locks in when you're really young. Like mm-hmm. how do you make that noise? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it landed. I need that voice too. So, what did you? Uh, what was the first guitar then? What were the ones hanging around the house? Uh, my dad's guitar was an old Silvertone, and um, with an amp? No, nah, just oh, an, an old acoustic? Silvertone acoustic mm-hmm. that I actually ended up breaking. I tried to take it down off the wall and play it and we broke it yeah i busted it yeah and I, I just recently went to my parents house and it's still busted up but i feel bad <laughs> i gotta go get that thing fixed <laughs> get the silver tone fixed get him a new guitar does he play yeah he plays a little bit yeah yeah he plays a little bit plays keys you know too soul guy so always Funkadelic, yeah bernie royal oh really yeah makes the noises eddie hazel that's it. you have fuzz all over yeah exactly you're surrounded by fuzz surrounded by the fuzz can't get away from it but my first guitar was an rx uh, an ibanez rx 20 Mm. i can't picture it it's just uh it it's kind of got the body of a strat oh yeah you know but 
two hum, pickups? Two humbuckers. Oh, humbuckers on the yeah. body of a Strat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That was it. What about you? My first guitar was actually a deluxe copycat. There was a brand of guitar called Copycat uh, that made copies that were like a hundred bucks. Like it was a, a fine starter out uh, electric. Mm-hmm. I think my first acoustic was an old Harmony that my old man had. Uh, oh. Harmony F hole acoustic. And then the first guitar I bought was a blonde uh, Telly that was heavy as fuck. Not that one. Mm-hmm. So that the one I had ended up. It's, I think it's in some. Uh, uh, I think some punk rock girl has it now. Because I, I, uh, I, you know, before I really knew how to play, I hung around a guitar store, and you know, they had a guy that painted guitars, and you know, I would order parts for guitars, and I made really cool guitars, but I couldn't really play them. Right. But right. I, I enjoyed the. <laughs> I had this monster guitar, but all I could really play was like Johnny Be Good. You know, maybe. Man, that's Didn't still I- pretty cool. I, <laughs> uh, my uh, uh, the guy who plays bass in my yeah. band. Johnny Bradley, he's the same way, man. He'll take parts and, and put them all together. It's, Between him and you and my guy Dave, I could probably open up a shop and do something pretty cool. It's fun because I don't know if it really makes a difference. Especially, It didn't make a difference to me because I didn't know about tone or nothing. I could barely play, but I knew it was cool that you could buy this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you I could have a guy paint it, but the, the telly got painted cherry red, and I put brass equipment on it, and then I traded it to a roommate for Coke back in the day, and then he had it for years, and then I, I heard he became a professor at UC Davis, and he's a poet and he gave it to his buddy's daughter who was in the punk band so i'm like as long as it has a life damn <laughs> it's funny that i was able to track it <laughs> wow that's pretty good so who started teaching you um i started teaching myself really just listening to stuff on the radio my friend eve would show me something chords chords power chords really yeah you know show me the jimmy reed yeah. yeah, straight up blue stuff. Keeps that weird five open on the turnaround, like when he. Yeah, <laughs> someone just showed me that. I yeah. ju- I'm just learning this shit. Like, I, I learned that from Jimmy Vaughn, who we both. Right, I learned it from Jimmy Vivino, who probably learned it from Jimmy Vaughn. Nice. Or that... <laughs> yeah, that's a good group of guys to be learning stuff from. Well, yeah, so that's Austin, but like, so you're just teaching yourself. You never took lessons. I never really took a formal lesson. Hmm. Uh, we would do stuff in school sometimes. Uh, we had this kind of guitar class where yeah. a bunch of kids would get together and share, and, you know, guitar magazines and yeah. figure out tabs and, right, and right. stuff oh, like yeah. that. And, you know. I still don't know how to do tabs. I got to figure it out. It's pretty easy, right? I, it's been so long, but yeah. It's, In terms of, fi- it just shows you where the lead is. Yeah, and what's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Self-taught through tabs. Self-taught through tabs and just listening to records, trying to figure stuff out, watching, um, as soon as I got my guitar, um... Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, a tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan was playing where it was Jimmy, yeah. his brother. In Robert. town? Um, yeah, it was at the, it was uh, Austin City Limits. Okay, show. okay. Jimmy, his brother, uh, yeah, his brother, who else? And the original Double Trouble band? Original Double Trouble, uh, Robert Cray, Eric Clapton, Bonnie Raitt. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Buddy Guy, B.B. King. I think um, there might be somebody else that I'm missing, but it was like everybody. Yeah. And so I got my guitar, and I don't know what to do with it. And like it seemed like the next week or whatever, I'm sitting there on a Saturday. And you were watching it live? Um, no, it wasn't live. It was, oh. it was a rerun or whatever. Yeah. But it was that. And then yeah. they played Stevie Ray Vaughan's performances from 1983 and yeah. then like the 1989. Yeah. Blew my mind, man. Yeah. Blew my mind. So I just I recorded that tape and learned that pausing and rewinding and figuring out where people's hands were and yeah just that's how that was it that was from stevie Mm -hmm. 
right? The thing about Stevie is you listen to him and you, you know, you're like, and it happens very quickly in your mind is like, that must be the end of this week. Oh no, it's not. Oh, it's going to keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I do. Does that bother you? <laughs> no, no, I love it. That, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I like about it. Yeah, it's yeah. just sort of like, how did he just get all that in? Mm -hmm. How did he play over the turnaround and end up in the right place? Mm -hmm. With all those notes and all that style. It's a lot. It's it is, lot. man. But like, it's weird because I love Jimmy. Like, Jimmy was my guy more than Stevie. Really? Yeah, those first three Fabulous Thunderbirds records, the way he played so clean and so decisively, it was like great and, to me. Yeah, he he knows exactly what he's going to do. This is what it is. And if I don't, I'm going to back up. And if you're uncomfortable, I'm going to let you deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, so you're watching that and you're trying to work out Jimmy. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Ray Vaughn, or Stevie Ray. And you were able to, what about Hendrix? I mean, because that that was always, I, I, actually for me, the, the liability of, of Stevie Ray was how much he, you know, listened to Hendrix. Like, mm -hmm. I like Hendrix, but I kind of put Hendrix in his own place. And when I hear people like, you know, kind of really kind of pulling from him, I'm like, that's Hendrix. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's weird. I mean, I, I'm a, maybe I'm an asshole, but. That's undeniable. Yeah. You can't not. But he, but he had all that Tex-Mex shit, you know, that Texan, you know, kind of, I don't even know where that comes from with the Vaughn boys. Uh, Jump Blues stuff. I don't know where it comes from, but it's uniquely, because I can hear it on your first record too. There's a rhythm to it mm. that comes directly from those guys and whatever they're following. Do you ever track it? Um, Yeah, a little bit. Tracking it back to, uh, you know, Lightning, Hopkins, yeah. T-Bone, right. Walker. Oh, yeah. Um. I think T-Bone Walker did, wrote all of the licks. <laughs> <laughs> wrote all of the licks. Yes, they're all there. You mm -hmm. know, you, you have to find them, but everyone, every blues lick that everyone's using is in a T-Bone Walker song somewhere. Sure. Right? Sure, exactly. And tone as well. Yeah. yeah beautiful tones. So you were going back. When did you start, like, you know, actually doing that? When were you able to kind of hold your own and, and play? yesterday oh yeah no yeah. I, it know. changes night for night <laughs> hold my own and play you know I, it, when i i guess i did a talent show in, in eighth grade oh really and we kind of won a talent show in eighth grade what'd Me you play e, we played pride and joy Steve yeah. Ray yeah yeah just to shuffle you? Uh, me and her a uh, drummer uh megan and a uh, bass player jeff young kids yeah yeah it was awesome and you, you nailed it we you thought did, so. we did our, we didn't get booed you know what I you mean? won we won so we did okay won a little bit of money you know yeah it's like man we made it we we're in the record business and you never want like you never like it was always the blues that that moved you no nah. no 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 the blues is is what what was kind of my introduction to music yeah but got I, you playing i thought i was going to be i love music but i thought i was going to be an aren't r&b singer yeah like on some like boys to men type shit oh yeah yeah you know so you were singing I, a lot too i thought i was gonna be on tour with nsync or something <laughs> you know <laughs> well there it's weird like what i mean was it because r&b like because i can hear that even on the new record that you move through all, a lot of different sounds and there's definitely like soul ballads on there mm -hmm. right yeah sure and there's definitely you know art like classic r&b like you know pre-boys to men vibe to some of this stuff yeah that's right what I, that's what i grew up listening to you know all that curtis mayfield temptations four tops that's what was playing in the house that's what my pops was listening to you know yeah you couldn't touch the record player oh really 
You, know? <laughs> you weren't allowed? To. Nah, really. Yeah. I fucked around and tried to be a DJ on it and broke the band. And, oh, no. You know. Yeah, that was it? Mm-mm. <laughs> That was, he broke get, his guitar get, and yeah. his fucking record player. Get away from me. <laughs> you yeah. owe this guy. I do, actually. <laughs> Damn. So did you do any singing with the band? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, yeah. like, like just R&B band, uh, set up or no? Uh, yeah, I had, this, I had this R&B group with my guy, Robbie, man. And we called ourselves Young Soul. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> what grade was that? This, this was like sixth, seventh grade. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, this guy... You know, we would pull up. The ladies love this guy, man. Yeah. You know, and so we would in sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. And so we would at lunchtime or whatever, we'd be hanging out, and he'd be like, "Yo, gee, let's sing something," you know. Yeah. And so we would sing whatever as yet or boys to men song was on the radio or whatever. You yeah. Know, to these girls, we would get my other friends, you know, who were around. Out, you know, and so we would to sing back up, sing back up. Yeah, they would sing back up, and we would sing these songs, man. And then, girls would come up and scream and oh Robbie and this and that and so that's what we thought we were gonna do you know we called ourselves Young Soul we had a whole trip you know yeah we're gonna go out to LA and be superstar oh yeah do you have haircuts nah I mean yeah. I just had a nice fade you oh know? yeah, I was yeah like right. doing that but we we were gonna be edgy so like grunge was happened at that yeah. time so we wore like flannel you know what i mean you, you take you can make it a, a broad audience exactly <laughs> we're gonna get the all to... the angry white dudes we're... are gonna like us <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're gonna get everybody get yeah yeah so yeah it was that's that's what i thought i was gonna do i got hell man you know i was a singer in the choir i was a choir boy and trying to play basketball and do that you know, I got so much hell for it. It's like, man, they were busting on you. They were busting on me. It was crazy. So you went to uh, you. So that kept you in church every Sunday, I mm, guess, singing mm. in the choir. It did. I had to sing in church, man. My, I started playing in these clubs down on Sixth Street, and my mom said, "If you can play for these drunks, you can go and play for Jesus." <laughs> really, you were playing in club? Wait, when you were in high school? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, going out and playing. And down in Austin, you spend some time in Austin, you know. I go, I like going to Austin. Like I, you know, I don't like. I've been there, yeah, quite a few Wasn't times. You just there? Yeah, yeah. I saw you there. Yeah. I saw you at the Continental. That's right. With when Jimmy was there, because I was doing a show down the street yeah, yeah. at the Paramount, and then Jimmy just happened to be in town because he was hanging, or yeah, Vivino was hanging out with Vaughn, oh. and I think you came by. Weren't you there? Didn't I, I see there. you there? Yeah, I was drinking. Now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and yeah, because he was there, Zapata was there, and Jimmy was there. And Billy, I know Billy, Jimmy's guy. Mm -hmm. I think it was he playing with him that night. Like I know that guy from here. He was out here for a while. Billy, his the guy who plays guitar. Yeah, Billy Pittman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. Yeah, he's a good guy. But uh, yeah, so I've been out there. But I, I that was the first time I've been in the Continental though. Even with all its history, it was kind of fun to, to see old Jimmy trying to keep up with Jimmy. It's very funny to like because Vaughn is such a, like he's such a grounded player. You know what I mean? He doesn't fuck around. He's not trying to be something he's not. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. so all right so you're singing in the choir oh by the way i just got a, a vinyl of the soul stirrers with sam cook that someone reissued it did you ever listen to that stuff um a little, a little like the soul stirrers were a gospel group but he was with oh, them right, for right, a while right right right, right. Yeah. and sam cook was with him it's so wild to listen to that shit because you listen to it and it's straight up gospel stuff but then you hear sam cook's so like where's that guy come like you he, he was so identifiable mm -hmm. so early on like just the magic of that dude's voice amazing did you see that the story on him no was it bad no it was not bad it was just a lot of information i didn't know it ended badly right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't i don't even know it just it seemed like weird he got shot 
by some crazy or I don't know, maybe she wasn't crazy. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either, but it was, it was interesting to see his, you know, his his story. Oh yeah, what, what he was about. There's a lot of levels to that guy. There was, it's, yeah. There's a good biography that I started. I started a lot of books. What do you mean? Uh, oh, like reading? <laughs> yeah, I start, start him, start him, and I get get a few pages in. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. So okay, so you're playing basketball. You're doing your boys to men thing. You're singing in the choir. So when you know, what's the transition? When do you start like doing? Rock and blues. Rock and blues. Uh, I started doing rock and blues. I got a Jimi Hendrix CD. Which one? The Ultimate Experience is like a compilation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it starts off uh, Purple Haze or whatever. Right. Um, And then Steve Ray Vaughan's Texas Flood. Yeah. Then I had friends, you know, who were wearing Airwalks and Vans and Jean Coes and had long hair. Yeah. They were playing... Nirvana, right? So I heard Kurt Cobain, you know, hit a stomp box. Like that was the first thing I heard. Time I heard about pedals, yeah, like, like a distortion, pedal. right? Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of got into it that way. A buddy of mine, Troy, we would all kind of hang out and just play music. This guy Aaron was a drummer, and he would bring all this kind of music. You know, he's listening to like Corn and Limp Biscuit and all yeah. kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, it was just kids getting together, you know sharing their stuff some of it i liked some of it i didn't but i heard it yeah and and then were you that's when you started playing out though around town not 20 years ago 20 years ago sorry um 20 years ago me and eve this for her 15th birthday she decided that she wanted to go out and play at a blues bar eve is the one from the punk band eve is the one from yeah the with the video games yeah 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 Yeah, okay right right right. so she wanted to go down with the, the talent show band yeah and play some blues yeah. and we ended up putting our names down on the list and we ended up playing uh T-Bone Shuffle and Pride and Joy. Uh-huh. And from there we just kind of started. We just kept going back and you know these guys uh To which club? It was a cl- it's a club called uh it was called Babes at the time. It was like a sports bar, like uh-huh. a baseball sports bar and stuff like that. And uh so we would we just kept going back and these guys would introduce us to all these artists like T-Bone Walker, Albert Collins, Freddie King, B.B. King, Which Albert guys? King. Uh, the guys who were running the the, the blues jam. Yeah. Uh, Walter Higgs, he had a band called the Shuffle Pigs. Uh-huh. So it was Walter Higgs and the Shuffle Pigs would host <laughs> yeah. the blues jam on right. Sunday at Babes. Yeah. Uh, and they would have other people come sit in like uh, Keller Brothers, um, uh, Moeller Brothers, Derek O'Brien, I'm not sure if you know, I don't know him. O'Brien, Alan Haynes, all these people would just come and so they would just educate us, bring us CDs, bring us tapes. Yeah. And say, check this out, kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. You see that you're interested in this thing, check it out. Oh, by the way, there's this radio show on Saturday and there's this radio show on Monday. Right. Check it out and you can hear all blues and you can, you know, figure so out. So they saw it in you. They saw it in us, you know. <laughs> and Cliff, yeah, Clifford Antone came and picked us up. Who's that guy? He opened up a club in 1975 in July called Antone's and he brought all the great blues guys um muddy 1975 uh, he opened it yeah he opened yeah. it down in austin and you know brought all these great blues musicians and kind of opened up the culture down there to these great artists and got people up on stage and uh he introduced me to that world and so and wait so in 75 so he was the one that turned like there was a who oh johnny winner johnny winner yeah yeah yeah, yeah texan mm-hmm 
but they uh, so that's where the Vaughn brothers started going. Like they must have been pretty younger, anyways. To go yeah. to Anton Antones. I wasn't called. around for all. That no, no, stuff but like, but in the '75. So you think that he was sort of he brought the blues to Austin in a way that made it international kind of thing. Like you know, like there was a blues thing in Texas, but he brought all those other cats back. Uh, I think there was a boost. I mean, we had our own kind of situation there our yeah. own clubs you know yeah victory yeah. grill or bobby blue bland and people would come like that but he kind of brought these young white folks and the hippies out i think and oh right right introduced yeah them to like you know these blues yeah, guys yeah. and so it caught it started this kind of scene what, anyway um i got some crazy cotton mouth yeah yeah you need some, some water need some water yeah Is that cool i'll go grab one thank you Ah, thank you. I was struggling. So that guy, he managed you, Antone? No, nah, he didn't manage me. He was just kind of a mentor introduced me to people like Hubert Sumlin, Pine Tap Perkins. And how old were you? Blues guys. I was 15. So you met Hubert when you were 15? I met him when I was 15 years old and uh, got up on stage with him. Really? At 15? At 15 years old. Did he show you some shit? He didn't show me anything really, but he told me stories about playing with Howlin' Wolf and what that was like and being out on the road with him and when he left Howlin' Wolf's band to go play with Muddy Waters and all this, you know, these blues history that if you're into this stuff you know you kind of hear oh, about yeah. from the old dude yeah and so yeah yeah here you know to, for him to invite us back and you know these young kids and he's telling us all these stories is is incredible it was incredible yeah. and pine top was still alive who else did you meet when you were a kid oh man that had an impact on you i would have to say you know jimmy vaughn yeah you know really had an impact doyle bramhall the second yeah i just played with him where were y'all at we, I played on a thing that we put together for a movie that I was a part of. Like, we did a song together, but then I saw him over at that uh, Roots Music uh, Festival, or that, that benefit that Jimmy uh, hosted. He's he's sort of an, an amazing player, Doyle. Yeah, he's great. Like, you know, he can just sort of, like, he can get anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? And what's that other dude? Like, I don't know, he's the, one of the brothers. Uh, who's the guy that plays with Dylan? I, I, I Charlie Sexton. Yeah, the Sexton. There's two, a couple of them, aren't there? Or, Charlie Will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's like a, kind of a monster on the guitar too, huh? Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a beast, man. And so you're there, you're 15. Now, you're, I, now, did you know when you play with somebody like Hubert someone and you're 15, it's like, that's, like, that's heavy. Like, I just played with those guys and I'm 55. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been playing my whole life, but I don't ever play with people. And it was like a little, it's a little much yeah. to step up. Yeah. You know, I'm play, I played with Slash and Jimmy on stepping out. And like, I'd been practicing, but like, you know, you start when you get nervous and you start to freak out. My fingers were stiff. Mm -hmm. I always mess it up <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but if you got a good band there, you don't, they don't, you don't notice it. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, they, you'll notice it, but they're 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 taking care of you, right? They got you covered. That's, that's, but were you learning? How, were you learning someone riffs? I mean, by the time you played with Hubert, were you able to do that? You know, any of those fucking uh, wolf riffs? Yeah, yeah, I was really getting into it. I was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All that stuff. It was. 
He's a weird player too, huh? Very unique. Just dumb. It's you, all thumb. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you play your thumb? Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of mix it all up. Yeah, a lot of dudes yeah. are playing with their thumbs now. Is that was I always the case? Because you know, like I never even thought about playing with my fucking thumb <laughs> until like everybody, all these goddamn hipsters now, like Sweeney's, like yeah, I'm doing mostly my thumb now. It's like what the fuck is that about? Uh, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> you sound well, upset about it. <laughs> well, I'm upset about it because I just figured out how to use a pick. <laughs> I'm barely able to use a fucking pick. They switch it up on you now. Yeah, I use these fat picks. Look at that. That's an Ed King pick from V-Picks. I don't know how you use these things. I, 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 that's what I use. I don't know. Like I had a guitar teacher when I was a kid named Vaughn McMillan who we used to play with a sanded quarter. Like, you know, like literally a quarter that he had taken the edge off. And then I just always thought that hard picks were the way. Lou Reed told me I should use a medium. But then, like, for some reason, I saw Albert King's pick. He uses a big old thing like that and uh, maybe not as thick. And that's just what I, I got to using. This feels like a rock to me. I something. know this, I but I, all right. What do you use? The little mediums. Oh. Little medium, nothing special. But, like, the thumb thing, I guess it was because, like, those cats, like, uh, probably lightning rl burnside you know i think probably even magic sam i mean they're doing a thumb thing kind of like folk picking yeah but like i don't know how you get the speed how do you get the speed with your thumb and a lot of those dudes played with two fingers i quit doing that so much after i gave up on the uh, sam's boogie slash looking good <laughs> so it's more about the pick <laughs> it broke you it broke me man i, I divert <laughs> You cancel route. I love go. watching that video, man. I fucking yeah. The snare with the wallet on it. Yeah, and there's not even it's not even his guitar. That's the other thing. It's like this wasn't even his guitar. Yeah, and he laid that out. So you have no excuses. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How, how did you get into all that stuff? For blues? Yeah, just music in general. I don't know, man. It was just always like I, I think like the more I think about it, it was probably my uh, my old man. Like uh, he he listened. He really liked oldie shit, you know. So I was always I always gravitated towards. Uh, I was sort of obsessed with Johnny B. Good and with Chuck Berry, mm -hmm. and then from there I got you know back to the blues and uh, you know I, and I I've been listening to it a long time, but I I don't know why it moves me so much because I like playing it. Um, and I and I'm constantly learning about it, but I listen to all kinds of music. But when I play, I play that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just the most satisfying. Yeah. So so how does it go from there? So you're 15. When do you when do you start getting like big attention? Did you when did you like? So you played with someone there. Mm -hmm. Who else did you play with when you were that a kid? Um, I went out on tour with Jimmy Vaughn. Okay. So and the Thunderbirds? No, it was Jimmy Vaughn and the Tilt -A World Band. Was that with Billy? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was uh, Billy Pittman. Yeah. Um, he had Luann Barton singing with him. Oh, wow. And so I was 19, right out of high school. Yeah. And went out on tour with him, went all over the U.S. Did you have a band or were you playing with them? I did have a band. We opened up. I had a band. Um, Jay Moeller on drums, James Bullard on bass, Matt Farrell on keys, and we followed them around. I drove myself. You Mostly know, Texas or all over the all country? over the country, all over the country. I followed him around, and that's when people started kind of playing clubs. Playing clubs. I was too young to be in the club, so I would play, and then I'd have to sit outside. Really? Yeah. While he was on? Yeah. So, and maybe sometimes they let me like hang out. Did you come on for uh, to play with him for a couple tunes? Uh I would sometimes. Yeah. But um, no, I, they wouldn't let me in. 
Yeah. Were you playing originals? I was playing a couple of originals, which were basically like the same idea of what my Don't Owe You a Thing is to uh, Sam's Boogie. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like they were written. Yeah, right, right. They were like, Shitty blues songs. Oh, homage. Yeah, okay, yeah. shitty blues songs. Shitty wannabes. <laughs> yeah, bar blues songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 19, yeah. what do I know? Somebody said, you don't know anything about the blues. You wait till you get your heart broken. So that, I was doing that and just doing covers. Do you think, is that true? Do you think like, 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 because that's the weird thing about it. What is the difference between shitty bar blues and the real thing you know because like it's one of those weird things i think it sort of broke the music in that you know any you know any half asses could play it and play it good enough to get people's feet moving but you know what is the defining factor is it just a stylistic thing do you know do you know when you changed from that do you know when you shifted Did, could you feel the shift from i'm just doing a cover to like now i'm in it yeah when you could when the lyrics that you're singing you can visualize uh huh. What? Where the actual emotion comes from? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, that the blues just became this. You know, just like everybody could do it. Mm -hmm. And then you start listening, even start listening to some of the sort of like white boogie bands. You know, like Can't Heat even. But you know. But then if you really listen to Ken Heat, they're like, they were real students of the shit. Those guys, some of those dudes were like studying the shit. And then they kind of like, they'd get, they'd find their own thing. Mm -hmm. I think that must be it, is when you make it your own. Yeah. They got to be your, your, your stories. You got to be in your own shoes. So when you start touring with uh, Jimmy, like did, did that change things? When did, how far, how far along before you did the record, the first record? Um, I was making records all throughout you were kind of funding myself doing the broke starving artist thing by yeah. choice you know yeah but so that was i didn't really get into serious music business type stuff i guess you could say yeah you know were we making I, singles eps I, I was making singles i was making eps i was drinking i was hanging out i was partying you know living like, the life living the life you know I was yeah just taking my time not wanting to rush anything not wanting to you know, wanted to be sure about who I was as a you know artist and and just as a man and you know I'm seeing young people who became famous and you know you also see young people who become dead, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I just I was just trying to figure it out and and uh, live without being in public. You right. Know, the whole idea of that kind of freaked me out. So I was. I was scared to jump. I was scared to take that leap. You know, I was but, just kind of figuring it, it out. And you, I, I think you sort of reckon with that on the in the that song on Black and uh, uh, was it Black and Blue? Mm. The life. Mm -hmm. Where like, right? Yeah. So you like this is what is this what it is? Yeah. Or is this a, you know like do I got to not be this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's, it was cool. It's, you know, I, there was having a reputation around town and being able to move around and things. Were what was the of, reputation? Uh, just being a, a a talented musician. You know, but not being a show. fuck up. Yeah, not being a fuck up. Right. I mean, I was hanging. I was having a good time, but you, you know, were a it was disaster. Like, nah. Yeah. But well, I don't think so. Some people <laughs> might say different. <laughs> But that's your point of view. Yeah, I think I was yeah. all right. Fuck but, uh, those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, just 
I think who was it Alejandro Escovedo maybe said that oh. Austin is like a velvet rut or something a velvet rut something like that where it's like a comfortable place to you can make it but it's so comfortable to stay there that you don't really need to go anywhere and well you also kinda, you don't want to right no I mm. did a joke when I was there I said the, the, this one if you're a yeah, I don't remember how I framed it, but the idea was, you know, if you're a musician in this town, uh, I, you've probably said this once or twice. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> uh, perfect. <laughs> oh man. Oh. God, so good. I'm just seeing faces <laughs> walking back into the club. Like, oh man, how was it? Yeah. I'm back here now. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't you know? Just things, things didn't really work right. out. <laughs> And then eventually you hear the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. From a couple of different sides. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the thing about Austin. So you could have done that. So what? what how did it? How, what? How did it change for you? I mean, like you know, you knew that you were you were in the groove. I was in the groove, but I was also uh, out of money. Yeah, and. I didn't want to do anything else. And I'm sitting in my house and I've got all this gear that I've collected and all these songs that are sitting on the shelf and I'm kind of scared to put out because it's not blues and I'm thinking that the blues police are going to come shut me down. If oh, I'm, interesting. So it, that was a thing. It was kind of a thing. You were man. dug in with that community. Oh, yeah. It's like comedy, you know, you don't want to be a hack. Right. And, you, you know, you you know, you, you want to be true to the right. shit. Right. I'm struggling, you know. So fine. you were, that was like a, a, a dark night of the soul. Like, I got I to gotta do an R&B song. <laughs> <laughs> I might start to, you know gotta get to dancing or something yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and that was a that was a, a struggle it was it was a, a struggle and thinking back on it it was like it was stupid how in my head i was about it well the, what, what you don't realize is that like whoever you think that the blues police are or whoever that audience is is still pretty small at that point right right but it's everything of course it's your whole life it's your world you right? know because you got to walk into that club and you know if you got a hit song that you know it's got a little too much hip-hop yeah. in it or it's a little too uh too uh you know weak look at this mother yeah <laughs> what do you back you want to try to get your manhood back <laughs> can you still play your guitar <coughs> exactly this fool don't even know what a shuffle is anymore yeah. right it's the shuffle that is the texas thing man yeah yeah. Okay, so you're exactly. having that moment. So, yeah, I'm sitting in the dark. I'm lighting these candles and, you know, scraping my last little bit of herb off the table. Yeah. Going, what the fuck, man? And uh, Doyle Bramhall calls me and says, yo, man, Clapton is thinking about having you for this Crossroads Festival 2010 in Chicago. I was like, do not fuck with me right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> fragile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got very little herb left. Yeah. It's fragile, man. Yeah. I got, you know, one packet of ramen left. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Yeah. And uh, and so sure enough, I get the call, man. I get flown out there. Changed my life. Put me in front of 
27,000 people. Did Eric call you? He did not call me. I got a letter in the mail. A letter? I got a nice letter in the mail. Yeah. Wow, that's old school. Very old school. That's yeah. great. And you had yeah. never met him? I never met him. Hmm. I never met him. I still don't really talk to him. I went up to him at the festival, and I was like, thanks for having me. He goes, thanks for coming. Yeah. Kind of walked away. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I see how this is going to be. <laughs> right, respect. I feel like he's not a big talker. Nah. So, okay, so you do that, and then you tour with that? Uh, you do the, the Crossroads thing? I do the Crossroads thing, and then some label guys come up, and they say, hey, kid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think we can work with you, and yeah. sure enough, and just from there, I go out on tour, and it's been cool, you know. It's, so you, the label guys, like that, and that, the, what record they put out for you? They put out Black and Blue for me. Black and Blue. That was um, the first big record? That was the first, yeah, big record. Um, Andy Oliphant. You know, I got to give it up to him. He believed in me and, uh, you know, took me up to that company. And Which company? Warner Brothers. Yeah. And said, hey, man, this, this kid's got something. And uh, so I was able to do Black and Blue, which was cool. And then toured the fuck out of it? Toured the fuck out of it. And that was then, when did you take on um, Zapata? <laughs> when did he become part of the lineup? Because I think Z I, he's a great guitar player. Yeah, Zapata became part of the lineup. We went to school together. We were in high school together. He was really? a year older than me. Did he always wear the poncho? Nah, he was a he was a clean cut dude. Like you know, nice polo shirts, button down. You know, yeah, you know, boots, cool dude. You know, yeah, drove a Camaro. Uh huh. Oh really? Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that dude. You know what I mean? And so, but always a player. Always a player. Yeah, yeah, from Dallas. So um, yeah, he came down, and we we started. Kind of hang. at first, his friends would come up to me and like be like, "My boy Zapata can smoke you on guitar. Mm -hmm. Like you ain't shit." And I'm like, "What? You know, who's this, who is this guy?" So I kind of stayed away from him, and he would just kind of like, you know, yeah, go through the halls or whatever. And so we ended up hanging out at a party, ended up becoming close, you know, kicking it every day. Then he's staying at my house one time, and I'm working on these demos, and I got this CD that's like tucked into my CD shelf you yeah. know it's like an unmarked thing that yeah. i know where it is and it's my shit yeah that i'm not you know i'm still working on it right he finds it somehow <laughs> while i'm asleep i wake up in the morning he's like hey man i found your music your band would sound better if i was in it <laughs> <laughs> so and that was it that was it had you played with him at all we played a little bit we go down in these blues jams and, and this stuff and we get up on stage together. Was there a competitive nature to it? Was there like a sort of like a, like a, a, a dozens version of playing guitar? You know, like in the sense of like, you know, like these, were you trying to show each other up? See, that always intimidated me. Like, and, and also knowing that with blues, like it's not about speed, man. But, you know, what? It yeah. is? It no, is no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know what it is, but there is a, there is a, this competitive yeah. thing, you yeah. know? It's yeah. like, you know, well, if you play super fast, I'm gonna play one fucking note and it's gonna, it's gonna mean everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Th that's the challenge of, yeah. the, of the guy who can't play fast. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, mm. and, uh, but. It's a phrasing, man, it ain't the speed. Exactly, there's all this conversation. You know, I hate guitar players, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's uh, it, it it's it's fun. It's it's competitive thing because you don't want to get left behind, right? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. 
Like even to this day, Zapato, he'll be on stage and we'll be at sound check and he'll play some like new lick that he's learned. I'd be like, what was that? He'd be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then he'd bring it out? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Still, to this day. You know, it's like, man, Zapata solo was badass. Yeah. All right. Okay, you gotta give him something. He got to, I guess. Poncho, man. He's got, he's got the poncho. He, yeah, poncho's got. We something for poncho. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he plays. What the hell is that guitar he plays? Though, right? He plays a weird guitar. Right? I don't know. He won't tell me. He won't tell me what gear he's playing. He's all his pedals are taped up. Oh, really? <laughs> and you're playing with him every night. I have no idea what he's doing over there. Yeah, <laughs> but you're but you're happy he's there. I'm happy he's there. <laughs> I'm happy. But he was with you on that first tour? He's been with you all that time? Yeah, the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. I saw you play. I saw you open for the Stones in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. then I saw you with uh, Derek uh, here, I think, with Tedeschi. Uh, did you open for Trucks? At the Greek, yeah. Yeah, at the Greek. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I then love I, that crew. Well, what type band? Like, yeah. Trucks is like... He's like a orchestra leader. Yeah. Like, you know, he's such a, like, kind of a heads, hands, you know, heads down, kind of doing kind of guy. But when you watch him, you're like, oh, he's running all of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, that's, right? That's he just so looks funny. over, like, and that's it. You know, hey, turn around. Here's where we're stopping. I'm done now. Yeah, right? exactly. He's so subtle, man. He makes me reevaluate my life. He does. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, just, he's so cool with it. And it's like, man, I make the craziest looking faces and I'm on my, yeah. and he can just get these beautiful sounds and not powerful make faces. and he just, he's just standing there. He's just, well, he's like, he's like one of those, he's a savant, mm. you know, like it was, you know, he's one of those guys where somehow or another, he was just born with all the licks in his head. He just had to find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other people have to learn them. They were already in his wiring. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He, it was interesting. I talked to him. The, the whole struggle to not be to be able to play like he played when he was like ten, you know, and then be you know brought on stage and shown to the world at that age with what he could do. Like he had to fight the freak thing. Like he didn't want to just be this weird little like watch the little guy do this. Like yeah. he had to after all that he had to actually make it real right and not be some sort of dog and pony show wow i didn't even think about that yeah man it's like they're like we're gonna bring out this kid that's gonna blow you away and like a lot of times i think those kids that are they just end up like no oh, yeah that was me when i was seven i work on cars now i don't really do it you know what right. i mean like right right like yeah. people who you know forced to take piano lessons and don't want to get near a piano type of thing well more so like they just have this natural ability and they get blown out early because everyone thinks it's some sort of freak show uh, right, right, right. and then like you know they can't live up to it you right. know, how do you make that real how do you follow up being able to do you know Dwayne Allman solos when you're 10 to become your own dude how how is it not a gimmick that's the real you know what I mean ah uh. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. But he certainly took it way out there. Yeah. Now, when you he play- He seems to be doing all right. Oh, he's great. Yeah. When you play with guys like that, or what, did you play- You played with Clapton, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you open for them? Yes. And But you didn't talk much to him. Nah, I stay out the way. Yeah. But when you share a stage with those guys and you trade licks with them, like, you, you know, does that make you a better player? Do you, are you more aware of it or do you just, are you, can you, can you just relax into that? No, I'm not relaxed no. at all. <laughs> 
I'm not relaxed at all. I walk past. I, like, you know, I think I, I felt that about you. I think that was one of the reasons where I'm like, he seems pretty intense, a little hard on himself, this guy. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, he's not quite having fun up there, but luckily he's playing blues. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great observation. <laughs> it's embarrassing, but it's the truth. But, you know. Like Jimmy Vaughn, he, he'll come up on stage, we'll play together, and he'll look at my pedal board and he'll be like, what the fuck is all that? Right. You know? Play on stage with Clapton, get done with the finale. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh, you like reverb, don't you? Oh, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It messes with me. So the next gig, I'm like, no reverb. <laughs> no pedals. No pedals. I'm going to play clean like Robert Cray yeah. for the rest of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Right into the amp. So, no, there's no selling into that. I'm like, man, I'm just I'm ready to do my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the slight dig. Yeah, exactly. You like reverb, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You know, I broke my hand um, uh, last year doing some dumb shit, and I went up. The first gig I played was Love Rocks um, in New York, and I'm playing with Keith Richards and Robert Gray, and I've got my hand in a cast. And I'm trying to figure it out, and, and uh, I came. I come straight from the doctor. Yeah, and this new thing. He probably sounded exactly like Keith, <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> just clomping around on the rhythm. Yeah, but he goes. <laughs> he goes. He says to me. He goes. Uh, after the first take, he goes. You're just here for the pictures, aren't you? I was like, Fuck. <laughs> so these experiences, and people are like, "Oh, how are they? They come with these jabs and this, like, make me reevaluate uh, my whole thing." Man. Just here for the pictures. It's rough out here. I mean, is it the same way with you guys in the comedy stuff? Sure. I mean, I, I don't know that we, 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 yeah, it's definitely the same way, uh, you know, but in terms of like jokes and stuff, we, we're not, yeah, the, the problem is, is that compliments are rare and and when they when they do happen, they always come with, the, they always take a little, they, they, they give, but they take a little. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was working on a bit like that. Yours is funny, <laughs> you know. You know, <laughs> I got a bit that's kind of like that, but it's not the same. I like yours. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, but you just got to know when you you hit it. Like as you get older, I think you you know. But if you're hard on yourself, it's you always. There's always gonna be one dude where you're sort of like, yeah, why can't I just make it as easy as that? But you don't know what the hell they're going through. But mm. these old guys, I mean. That's the weird thing about old guys is that they're they're just they're not going to get out of the way, you know. They're just not going to, you know what I mean. And with that world, because that guitar world certainly how music has changed. The blues guitar world is a smaller world. It was always sort of a small world. So you got this handful of old guys that are still hanging on, mm-hmm. and then there's only a few young guys that even want to fucking do it anyways, right? Yeah. Like you are it. You're the guy now, right? So there's a lot of pressure on you. But these old guys are going to be—they don't—they don't think in terms of like, yeah. You think like when you think about the real tradition of it, that there's a tradition of this thing that should be carried on. You know, like somewhere along the line, I don't know if it's with the white dudes, but somewhere that stopped and became like, the fuck is this guy think he is? (laughs) You know, so. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, like you know. It's like whatever the tradition was, you know, it's not, you know, it kind of, because you can really see it with certain dudes and you can definitely see it in you, but like it, it should be a completely supportive place because like this music is barely alive, you fuckers. 
you know, like, why don't, you just, why don't we all get on board and keep trying to, we're trying to make a living here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, fan the flame. Yeah, why not? Do you find that? Like, how Like how do your records, how'd that record sell? How'd Black and Blue do? Um, It did all right, you know. I, I Honestly, I don't really pay that much attention to really the numbers and stuff like that. I don't just know, as long as I they make know, you make I don't it. know specifics. But just as long as they let you make another one? Yeah, yeah. As long as they call me back and go, hey, it's time for another one. But you're, I, but it seems to me that, like, this record is very, you know, it's very honest and, you know, you you take on some shit, you know. A little bit. You know, race, love, things, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of textures to the songs. You know, you do you, you do some R&B stuff. You do some old school R&B. You do some straight up blues. And then you do, you know, even you know, like moving towards R&B hip hop a little, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's a it's well-versed record. But it seems like, you know, that what really put you on the map were those live records, right? Yeah. The the live records really, really did that for me. Because it still seems that, like, you know, there's enough people out there looking for a guitar hero, you know, of a certain type. Yeah. That, you know, they want, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you got you must feel the pressure, like, well, I got to do that. And, like, that's the extension of that blues thing. It's like, I got I to gotta go out there and lay this shit down. Yeah, but you know what? I... I've been in my comments lately on social media, yeah. you know, and uh, I saw something that said, I thought this guy was supposed to say rock blues. Guess not. Oh. And it didn't hurt my feelings as bad as I thought it would. Oh, good. So I'm cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel any. What if there had been three? Maybe a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. might have started to tear up. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it. Pressure to do what, man? Like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that serious. Right, it's right. It's really not that serious. And who are those fucking dudes? Yeah. The worst thing about those dudes and those kind of comments is that it plays into uh, that the same feeling, uh, you know, wh- when you're with just a little bit of herb, like, like I, can't, I can't let these fucking old, angry, bitter motherfuckers who are back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, dictate, you know, but there's still, <laughs> you know, there's still something that wants to please those dudes, right? Because somehow or another, we get it twisted in our head that those are the guys with integrity. It's like, what else have they got? They're fucking, you know, bitter. And they do one thing. You know, is that integrity? Did they even try to do the other thing? I don't think so. <laughs> But those are the guys whose approval we need so desperately. <sighs> right? Right. So right. Thanks for breaking that down. <laughs> I'm here to help you, pal. I appreciate it. I didn't know I needed this like that. But like, so, okay, so this this record just came out. Yeah. And you're touring with it's what this land it's called this right? land is what it's called yeah and now did you picture this as a whole piece i mean like did, when you say something when you call something this land and you're dealing with the the stuff you're dealing on there mm-hmm. when these songs came together did did it did, did do you think in terms of an album or do you think in terms of a song really i i think it's in terms of a song i'm mm-hmm. just making a song to mm-hmm. make a song yeah you know i don't think about it that much yeah I just do it, man. Yeah, you know, it's when the people who are trying to make this thing move, yeah, come in with their yeah thoughts and opinions. Right. Maybe not this one. How about it, this one? Yeah, this yeah. one's got a hook. This will be the single. Whatever, man. Yeah. 
you know yeah you know it's like i didn't pick the single i didn't pick you know the title of the you know i'm just trying to figure this out no it was you know uh there was like deadlines you know right I'm, I'm busy i got stuff to do and you know family and stuff and it's like hey we got to put this out now gotta we gotta do this house. do this yeah yeah i'm dealing with shit yeah you call it what you want man yeah. i don't give a fuck <laughs> you know. really yeah for this one you know yeah. at that particular time where i was you know i was like you know we've got these deadlines and we need what are you going to call it it's like we need an answer tomorrow they're trying to it's like i don't know i just got out of the studio i'm trying to sit back and figure out what i did you know yeah. let me breathe and and understand what it is yeah you know? yeah, yeah it's like sure. when you're writing or creating yeah before you come in and tell me how to move like yeah back the fuck up yeah let me see how it all fits together Hold i just on. i just did the thing yeah but we gotta move yeah, this yeah. all right then call it what you want you know were you mad no 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 <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't mad it was you know i wasn't mad at all it was just like i i can't think of yeah. right now yeah 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 and the pressure is making me a little bit crazy so right you guys can do it um uh yeah, that's how it worked for this one. But like, there's like, uh, but I mean, you seem to cover, you know, you, you, you took on a lot of shit here. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, yeah. it's just like, like people go through shit in their life. You yeah. know what I mean? And and how long did it take you to write all this stuff? It took me a couple of years, I think. Yeah. In between, you know, life happened and touring. We tour so much. And you got married and shit. Got was that, married and is shit. that at the same time? Babies and stuff. Yeah, I make babies and children. You made two? I, I, How I many? Made, I, uh, I got two. I got two little ones. But yeah, yeah so it's, it just seems like it works out that I make a record and then a child is coming. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Same like, time? Everything hits at once. It's like both born at the same time? Uh, the, the, kid, the kid and the record? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So where are you playing next? What's, where does it go from here? Where does it go from here? We start up on tour. We're hitting Miami. We go all over the U.S. We're going to yeah. Australia. We're doing Europe. We're doing Fuji Rock. What's Japan, that? Beach oh, yeah. Japan, yeah. And how you drawing? Pretty good? How are we what? You selling tickets? We're doing all right. For the most part, I think we're, we're selling out. Well, that's is, great. It's crazy. That's great. Yeah, and people are liking the new record? They're loving it. That's great. Yeah, they're loving it. It's, it's been good. And when you look out the audience, who are you seeing my, primarily? Just is it pretty eclectic, pretty uh, diverse, or is it? Yeah, it's it's becoming more diverse. Yeah, you know, in the beginning it was you know because it was supposed to, it was supposed to be this rock yeah. blues savior yeah. guitar guy. Was, hero man. There's a lot of you know, yeah. Hendrix t-shirts and ponytails and <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, standing there with their arms crossed like I can do it better than this yeah. asshole. You know, so it's, it's kind of changed up, and um, it's, I see a lot of everybody. It's cool, great. man, that the this music stuff can do that. Yeah, you know, like well, what you do too. It's like, well, we're limited, but yeah, but no, music's magic. You know, comedy. You, know, you can be the clown's good for a few years. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's it's heavier than that, and and much more of a. We need that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. We need both. Yeah, certainly. Need so it. We got to hold the line, you know? It's up to the musicians, the comics, and the fucking journalists at this point, because uh, everything else is falling apart. Yeah, we got to team up, man. Yeah, you got to team up and make sure humanity is represented. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Push back. Exactly. All right, buddy. Well, have a great tour, man. Thank you. What are you doing? Are you touring, or what do you got? I am. I'm going to go... 
Well, I'm finishing up shooting the this show I'm on, and then like, yeah, I'm gonna do some clubs. I'll be out in Texas at some point. I'll do Dallas, Houston, and and I'll do Austin. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna you know do some clubs. And I'm gonna do some theaters, and I'm gonna sh- go to the UK for a few dates, and I'm gonna shoot a special in the fall. That's the plan. Awesome. Right now, I'm building the hour. You know, gotcha. yeah, building the thing. You know, I'm doing that Sunday, like tomorrow night, Sunday night. So the last few Sundays, I've been doing this little theater, like seats 200, and I just you know fucking try to figure it out. You got you. Yeah, that's how I jam. I understand that. All right. I feel you. Good talking to you. Likewise. That's it. That's me and Gary Clark Jr. I like talking to guitar players. I was pretty excited, apparently. I had a lot, you know, I felt like I did a lot of talking on that one. And also, as I mentioned before, Gary's new album is This Land. That's available wherever you want to get your records or your sounds or your things that you put in your ears. Uh, go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all those new tour dates I brought up. You can still send emails, you know, uh, asking questions or saying things about our thousandth episode or about the entire arc of our show. And uh, yeah, I'll play a little guitar now. I will play a little guitar. Gary didn't, but I will. <laughs> Boomer lives.